who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, everyone. Kristen here, just little old me up in the intro, and it's going to be a quick intro today before we roll into the eighth episode of Doom Coming, Flight of the Bumblebee. Listen, I just finished re-listening to this episode, and I think it rules. I think it's one of my favorites. I think it might be my favorite from the eight that we've put up in the feed so far. So hopefully you feel the same. A couple of things, one of them fairly massive here in the intro for you. The Sexual Tension Awards Series Showdown is in its final round as of today. This is six years, seven seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Our top contenders from all seven seasons have been in a showdown, and we are down to two. And folks, of course, the final two pairings are Faith and Buffy from season three and Spike and Buffy from season six. Could it have been any other way. Of course not. Now, can it be any other way except for who is going to win? I mean, I think we all know. And I, and you better not let us you better you better not let us down, folks, because between these two pairings, there's one that reigns supreme in the buffering verse, but at the end of the day, it's up to you. Bufferingthevampireslayer.com/sta. This is it, kids. This is it. Hoping to get one Jennifer Owen Young's back here to announce the winner. Um, But you have, I don't know, the next few days, maybe even a week to vote. We'll see. If the answer is clear, we'll probably call it. But if uh, if it seems like it's a close race, we might let this one go on for a little bit. So bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash STA. We cannot thank Emily McLongstreet enough. Emily has been running the Sexual Tension Awards since the very beginning Uh, Her graphics, her surveys, her quote polls, her everything that she has done every step of the way has been a delight. Uh, Seriously, one of the very best things that happened in the journey with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So go on over there and vote. 
Um, couple other quick things. Just a reminder that we are now covering season eight of Buffy the Vampire Slayer as written in the Dark Horse comics. We're doing that over on our Patreon. The first episode is up uh, over there, and the second episode will be coming your way in February. The first episode covers the four-issue arc of The Long Way Home and the fifth issue, which is The Chain. It's pretty fun, I have to say. I've never read the comics before. Jenny has. I'm not a huge comics reader. Jenny is. And it's been a really fun time to have that dynamic. And a lot of you who've listened have enjoyed my confusion because you felt very seen. And guess what? I feel very seen as well. So um, you can find that on Patreon, patreon.com slash bufferingcast. We have a sale happening in our store just until this Sunday. I think it's the 29th of January. Uh, The way that you get that sale code is just by signing up for our newsletter. Newsletter is on the home page of our site, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Pop in your email, and within the next day or two, you'll get that sale code. Okay. Uh, The last thing is just a little uh, Yellow Jacket specific thing. Uh, I noticed, and I couldn't say it until now because this, just like all of our pods, is spoiler free, but... This is the episode where our beloved Laura Lee uh, takes off in a plane and unfortunately never lands that plane because it explodes. Something that I noticed a couple of episodes ago that I wanted to say here is that in the episode where Lottie and Laura Lee have their baptism scene, Lottie goes under. We see that she sees sort of Laura Lee with this halo behind her head and then it kind of all goes dark. On my like fourth viewing of the series, I realized that and I don't know if I'm right. So opine as you will. But it seems to me that Lottie actually sees perhaps the plane crash, but it is obscured behind Laura Lee's head. So I don't know. Go back. Maybe this is common knowledge. Who knows? All I know is I had a thought and I share it here. That's how I podcast. Um, The other Yellow Jacket specific thing that I want to say up here in the intro is that, of course, we are now re-airing these episodes. We taped them a while back. And so in current time, January 2023, we know that Yellow Jacket season two is coming back this March. We also have a trailer. Who knows what else will happen this week? Um, but before the series ends, Jenny and I are going to do our best to have a conversation about all we saw in that trailer for season two, any other things that we know, uh, that information that we've gathered since we finished taping this podcast in its original run. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And I think that's all I've got. Um, Enjoy Flight of the Bumblebee. Enjoy your week. And um, we'll see you next week for episode nine. Well, well, well. Come to do coming. (laughs) Really threw me off. Really threw me off. Wasn't ready for it. Threw myself off, actually. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, it's just another episode. Uh, Actually, there's only two more after this one, Jenny. Oh, my God. And nothing bad happens in this episode. Everything Mm -hmm. is good, actually. Everything's fine. Yeah, super uplifting. Yes. Uh, We are talking about episode 108, season one, episode eight, Flight of the Bumblebee. A rude title, actually. Yes, I agree. Uh, it was written by Ashley Guile, Bart Nickerson, and Cameron Brent Johnson, directed by Ariel Kleiman, and originally aired January second, twenty twenty-two, on my mom's five birthday. minutes ago, on my mom's on my mom's sixty-ninth birthday, which is a conflict of interests. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is the one where 
What is madness and what is divine? While in triage after a vicious attack, the Yellow Jackets are left to suss out the best of their worst ideas. Shauna dabbles in some light cyberstalking. This seems like the most bizarre description yet. Do you agree? Suss out the best of their worst ideas. I mean, like, who is responsible? <laughs> like this one, just like I feel like the other ones were like a bit poetic, but also they said something. Yeah, um, this, this says one's, almost nothing. This one seems like it's trying to be spoiler free to a really extreme level. It's like, <laughs> it's like this is the one where there's a soccer team. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Well, here we are on the other side of the theme music. The best theme music ever created. I will wow. fight you. Not you, <laughs> you Jenny. But to... Okay. Just anyone who ta- anyone who challenges me, I will fight. Well, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I mean, you're welcome. But I mean, also... it's no flight of the bumblebee, got... but it'll do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I looked up. Okay, so you said this is a rude title. Why don't you expound upon that? Uh, Laura Lee is going to (laughs) die. I liked, okay, so a couple of things. First of all, probably they just called it Fight of the Bumblebee because the show is called Yellow Jackets and it was funny. Like, you know, it's like, whatever. Sure, yeah. But I like to think that a show like this, which has thought of so many minute details, does take some time with their titles past just, you know? Mm. And uh-huh, flight, uh-huh. so okay, so, so so two things, Jenny. Flight of the Bumblebee. Uh, it's an orchestral interlude. Uh, clearly, I know. how does it go? Can you do the Flight of the Bumblebee? Mm. Yeah, it's like. Um... <laughs> it's it's like that. That's very a very poor rendering, but it's it's very fast, and there's a lot of speedy intervalic movement it's very nimble um and actually Kristen before you go on let me tell you (laughs) that this is not the first time we've encountered Flight of the Bumblebee in our uh television podcast rewatch careers really that's right in Sunnydale (laughs) circa 1997 Uh uh-huh uh in an episode called The Puppet Show Uh when there's a talent show and uh, we have a scene where we're, we're seeing, like, uh, Cordelia uh, sing, what is it, The Greatest Love of All? Oh, yeah. That she sings all oh, the time? Yeah. Um, there is, I believe, just before that or just after that, um, a person who is about to demonstrate what they're going to do for the talent show. They're going to perform Flight of the Bumblebee on a tuba. Oh, that doesn't uh, seem possible. Well, I mean, I guess it just depends on the tubist. I mean, and, but I think that's kind of the joke of, of right. uh, having having that in there. The most nimble um, fingers this side of Sunnydale. That's right. <laughs> I guess you could like make an argument for like a, uh, a bumblebee underwater or something. <laughs> 
well, the flight of the bumblebee is called the flight of the bumblebee, not the show, but the interlude, because it is intended to musically evoke the seemingly chaotic and rapidly changing flying pattern of a bumblebee. So, like, clearly... And I think it does. Right, it does. It Yes, the, the, the composition does. And I just wonder, like, if there's anything there to this episode, a little bit of chaos, a little bit of trying to follow the Rapidly chaos. changing flying patterns. Yeah, yeah. Or it's just that Laura Lee got on a plane. However, second point, I also looked up what is the difference between a bumblebee and a yellow jacket? <laughs> and the, and Google was like, one crashes in a plane and the other ones are on a soccer team still <laughs> on the island. Um, and what I found what I found is that this I actually really liked. Uh, even though bumblebees are capable of stinging you multiple times, a bumblebee would prefer not to bother you. Yellow jackets, on the other hand, are much more aggressive. Hmm. So like... I don't know. I liked this because a, a few episodes back I talked about how Laura. I really liked the characterization of Laura Lee as this like very devout Christian um, who also is like there to listen and have a conversation but is not there to like convert you or to make you believe what she believes. And so I just love the idea of her as our bumblebee, not even in contrast necessarily to Yellow Jackets, but she's just a very... She's just a very gentle soul, and I think she would also prefer not to sting you at all, but to mind her own business and go about her <laughs> her life, you know? Yes. It's just her and Leonard living their lives. <laughs> oh, uh, Leonard, no. Like, we'll get we'll get to all of that. Um, but yeah, I don't we usually talk about the focus up at the top, Jenny. Yeah, I mean, I guess we get Laura Lee backstory for the first time, or like, you know. Just a glimpse. Um, but it doesn't feel like an entirely Laura Lee-centric yeah. episode. Yeah, it's I think fun. we're kind of moving away from that. You know, we're moving away from that format. I think they really leaned into it for our core, our main gang of four. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny, actually. I mean, it's not because I'm sure that like all of the episodes that are focused the way that they are are in the right places because I think that these writers are brilliant. But it, it almost would have been interesting to get some of the Laura Lee stuff in the episode with Lottie as well, just because they seem so interconnected, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, but but yeah, I wrote down Laura Lee. But more than that, question mark. Uh <laughs> We get well said. sadly more feet in our in our mouths. Uh, but the backstory of Laura Lee that definitely happens before <laughs> 1996. Um, Mary Magdalene Summer Camp. Oh my gosh! Why? <laughs> Why would you dive like that into the shallow end? Does it makes no sense at all? She does simply no reason. Straight down, like straight down. She yeah. does. She does. I, I mean, like fine, fair. It would have been. I mean, I think that this maybe this show is just not concerned with things like this because they could have easily just had somebody like push her in the pool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It seems so funny that any human being at this age, also if she was like five. <laughs> Yeah, that would be one thing. <laughs> she, just, she does go head first 
into the pool. Although I will say that my father definitely uh, injured himself when uh, we got a three foot pool, which to me was like, I I had never been more thrilled in my life than getting this three foot pool in my backyard. I was in it like all day, every day as a child. (laughs) And my dad thought it would be really funny to run from the deck and dive from the grass up into the pool. No. And no. he was an adult man with a child, too, in fact. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I guess wilder things have happened. <laughs> yeah. Dingus is going to dingus, but <laughs> I have I a feel like that's doesn't not really Lily. seem like a dingus. Yeah. No. <laughs> My dad, however, confirmed dingus. Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So she cracks her head open on the bottom of the pool. The lifeguard gets her, gives her CPR. I kind of like this because <clears throat> I feel like it's such a trope in like TV shows and movies to have like a young girl get hurt in the pool or like start like, you know, be need in need of CPR and to get the CPR and for the lights to just like, the sun to shine on this mm. handsome lifeguard and for her to just be in love. Like, I can't even tell you where I've seen that, but I know I've seen it and I know I've seen it more than once. Um, and so yeah, I yeah. like that in this in this instance that that he is actually. Je- well, I was going to say yeah. Jesus, but I think does he the say- real hot lifeguard. Is God actually? <laughs> actually, it reminds me of um, oh my fucking God! What is the name of the movie? My favorite, one of my favorite movies with Kirsten Dunst and Kirstie Alley. All the cures, oh. uh, fucking drop, drop dead, dead gorgeous. gorgeous. Yes. Did, if you haven't watched Trapped and Gorgeous, listen, there's some things that are a bit uh, tricky about it, but it is, I think, well worth all of its problematic moments for all of its genius moments. One of which is Denise Richards' character <laughs> singing. <laughs> Can't take my eyes off of you. She doesn't even sing it. She, like, speaks it while she's carrying a crucifix with Jesus Christ on it on her back and, like, sashaying across. It's the funny. Truly, it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. I've seen it, like, 40 times. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is the man. God is the man. Um, uh, You know, because Laura Lee says, you saved me. And the lifeguard says, I didn't save you. God saved you. Um, and my only real note for this is that the sh- the shot is um, very similar to the halo shot we saw of Laura Lee wh- from Lottie's perspective, right? It's like this very, it's very similar, like, ah, like from beneath a halo of sorts, a sun of <laughs> sorts behind the head. Um, and yeah, that's our pre-96 story. Hooray. Shall we go to 96, Jenny? Let's to 96. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? No. Listen, that little funeral pyre was not built in five minutes. That took some gathering Mm -hmm. and some construction Mm -hmm. and then some lifting and then some lighting. Nobody thought, oh, no, take a little pulse. Check a little pulse. I don't I don't have a lot to call this show out on, but this is one of the things in my pile because there is no fucking way Misty. If Misty wasn't there, I could get on board. There is no goddamn way that Misty fucking Quigley is not going to fucking make sure that man is dead before putting her on a burning pyre. There's no way. It just doesn't seem. 
it just doesn't seem very realistic. No, unless like and also the other the other way they could have taken this if they wanted to make it something mystical, something otherworldly, but the show doesn't seem to like really want to like firmly root its feet in that place. We could have had a scene of like Misty checking her pulse. And then and then it's like, what the fuck? How is she alive? But they don't give us that. And it's really much more seems like she just wasn't dead to begin with. <laughs> yeah. They want what they want. And what they want is to try to burn Van a second time. And for Van, Van to once again be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey. Van, Van, the Kyle of uh, Yellow Jackets, right? That's that's the character in South Park. <laughs> uh, Kenny? Kenny, Kenny, is there a Kyle also? There is a Kyle. Okay, Kenny, yes. Uh, she's the Kenny. She just can't die. You can't kill her, no matter what you do. <laughs> um, her line, incredible. R- really? F- fire? <laughs> <laughs> just cracking jokes. Um, it's very good. Yeah, so... Do you want to do you want to stay here and talk about the like sort of van and tie of it all from 96? Let's do it. In the aftermath of saving Van from the fire, um, she sort of has uh, they've wrapped her face in like somebody's shirt or what have you. And they're trying to get back to the camp. But like <laughs> Van is n- not OK at all. Um, and she's the one saying to Thaisa, it's really amazing. I think, I I think that this is performed very well. I mean, I kind of think everything is performed really well, but her saying, leave me, Ty, Ty, let them go. I just think is really powerful. It's just a few words, but it lands, it lands. Um, and so Mari and Akila and Misty, go back to camp to get help while Thaisa and Van just sort of like collapse onto the woods floor um, and wait for help. Now, when they get to camp, (laughs) when they get to camp, they are in ragged shape. They're falling down. They're gasping for breath. They can barely put a sentence together and uh, but they get like enough words out for everybody to know that like something bad is going on and, and that Ty and Van need help. And Laura Lee's like, just show us which way to go. Cut to a fully revived Misty leading the search somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Misty. <laughs> if, that, if it was going to be anybody, I would believe it to be Misty. She just like did one shot of water, turned around and went back into the woods. Yeah. Yeah. We know that she didn't do cocaine. We know that she's not currently powered by cocaine because later in the episode in 2021, she does cocaine for the first time. Jenny, I can't wait to get there. It is. I mean, neither. I'm my so fav- excited. It is my favorite scene in the entire series. H- hard stop. It's very, but it's very. Good. There is nothing that brings me more joy than that scene. Um, um, but they, but they find them. The Thais a great them- job. Look. Oh, yeah, the flare gun? Yeah, because, like, Kristen Russo probably would have panicked a lot earlier and shot off that fucking flare gun. I was like, damn, Thaisa, you really waited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Here's the thing, though. When they moved from the plane to the cabin, didn't they carry Coach Ben on a stretcher? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it have made a lot of sense for them to take the stretcher Mm -hmm. with them? Just Just some notes for the next time. 
for next this time happens. that this happens. Yeah, it would have been smart. I have some room for that because I think in when when things are so like emergency chaotic, you know, Misty would have been maybe the one to have the brain to, to think of that. But Misty could barely breathe when she got to the cabin. But yeah, next time, girls, write it on your little notepads. Are you making notepads yet out of tree bark? Write it in there. Journals. Mm. Um, uh, <laughs> terrible, terrible terrible things are about to happen in the cabin oh fuck this goes on for so long it's bad actually what jenny is talking about is the um stitching of van's face just in case you didn't know that's what she's talking about akila rules unsung hero akila Mm -hmm. keeping everybody alive on fucking berries and yeah, able yeah. to do this. I don't know if I could do this. I couldn't I, do this. I no, no, know. no. Mostly, <laughs> no. I think I could do it if the person was passed out. Like, I think I have the capacity to sew together flesh, but I don't think that I have the capacity to sew together flesh when the person whose flesh I'm sewing is actively screaming bloody murder. Um, that seems very overwhelming, but Akila fucking does it. Shauna immediately s- fucking scuttles Misty away. Misty's like, I think maybe if you just do it. <laughs> and um, Nat, the one to like be holding Van. Um, I just, you know, I think like choices like this give you little little insights into character too, right? That like Nat is also the one that is there, kind of like in the belly of the beast. Oh. Dealing with this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, hopefully Van's uh, little sur- surgery face will heal up uh, well in the dirty, dirty woods. But meanwhile, we have other things happening here in 1996. Um, a new, uh, kind of a new combo here. Travis, Natalie, and Jackie. Uh, Jackie kind of inserts her little her little self into this duo in this episode she's been burned Kristen so nobody else can have any nice things either yo Jackie is such a fucking bitch in this episode like she doesn't mean to do what what happens with Nat and Travis but she definitely means to do what she does to Shauna in this episode she's really she's hurting and we're finding out how Jackie acts like you said when she's hurt but um we get our our first and only big needle drop of this episode um, with Travis and Nat to sort of like dial it back to the beginning. If you remember, Travis, what did you fucking call it last episode? What happened to Travis? He had... He lost his concentration. Is that what you said? He lost his concentration? I think so. I must have thought it was so much funnier last week. Now it just, what the now it just feels like medium funny. <laughs> God. But yeah, I mean, that's where we left them, right? Like, Travis couldn't get a boner. It didn't end well. And here we are. And so now Travis doesn't want to go hunting with Nat because he says she's better at it anyway. And we get this Mazzy Star fade into you moment. And it takes us, we're not going to go there right now because we're staying in 96, but it takes us from. Nat being pretty upset with Travis and the whole situation into current day Nat putting on eyeliner in a way that I'm not sure I understand. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think anybody understands it. We should just mention who knows what it means, but in the Travis Nat 
should we go hunting scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is noted that there are no queens in this deck of cards. Definitely. <laughs> Only triangle bodies. <laughs> It's trying, all the cards are triangle, buddy, but he just like has the joker tools or the king hat or the queen queen hat. I think they're called crowns. Um, What's a joker's tools, by the way? <laughs> doesn't the joker have that like staff in his or like hand? a little stick. A little poker. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like joker. a scepter and then he's got like a floppy oh, yeah. triangle hat thing. Wait, hat does made of he? many triangles. Oh, I'm thinking of... Or does he have uh, two or three little swoopers that end in, like, bells? Wait, now I'm confused. Hold on. There's a king and a queen and an ace, and what's before the queen? Oh, are you thinking of the jack? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of the jack the whole time. Kristen, the jack and the joker, two totally different guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That's why when you were talking about the joker, I was like, wait... Wait, I think I said the wrong one. Uh, the Jack. Doesn't the Jack have something in his hands? I don't know. Well, probably. <laughs> As you can tell, Jenny and I play a lot of cards. Oh, does he have a little dagger maybe? Ooh, or a sword? Nice. Yes, he's in the card I'm looking at. He's holding a sword by its blade. Oh, he's yeah. got a firm grip just inches away from a hilt which would not cut his hand, oh. uh, but no, he prefers to hold it by the blade. Interesting. So is the jack, does the jack, like, we know what a queen and a king do. Does Is the jack, like, the guy that defends the queen and the king? Is that why he has a little dagger? What do you mean what they do? Like, what their function <laughs> is in court? Yeah, in court. Do, in the, court. All, do all the cards have a function in court? Like, does the seven of clubs have, no, like, a particular no, people, job which, to do? No, the people. No, the it may be in Alice in Wonderland, they all have jobs, but like in the real world, I would think like the Jack, the Queen. <laughs> the real world populated <laughs> by the royalty from cards. You know, uh, you yeah, talk what to is, me as though you is... didn't tell the tale of a girl with two pennies. You know what I mean? Like, that you know See, everything. A beautiful I'm, story for the ages. I'm just saying the royal court, probably there's a role that the Jack has and the ace. What the fuck is the ace? Does the ace do something? I guess that's not a person. We know the Joker. He, he, we know what he does. Um, well, the Jack traditionally uh, has often been promoted. Jenny's reading, just so you know. She didn't know the answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm reading. I'm reading. <laughs> uh, no, this is completely unhelpful. <laughs> All right. Well, you know. I got nothing. That, that's why we have listeners. Let us know. But I'm sure there's like some big origin story. There's probably like some fucking racism and sexism threaded through it. So tell us. Tell us about the origin of the fucking face cards uh, on a on a 52 card deck. Okay. Thank you. Anyway, there's no queens in this oh. one. Oh, Jenny's still reading, not listening to me, of course. What, what Never. you got? Uh, wow. Okay. Began as a knave, then a knight, then a valet. <laughs> Are these then like former? Apparently, the queen didn't used to be in between the knight and the king and maybe it was just getting a little too sexy with the knight <laughs> and the king because then at some point they decided to pop the queen in there in between so is the jack the knight uh yeah that's that's what i'm getting from this that like before it was a jack it was a valet or a knight or a knave uh 
As early as the mid-16th century, the card was known in England as the knave, which originally meant boy or young man. Mm. As its German equivalent, knave, still does. In the context of a royal household, here we go. It meant a male servant without a specific role or skill, not a cook, gardener, coachman, etc. The French word valet means the same thing. Knave became a derogatory word because royal households had so many of these young men who went swaggering around the streets, picking fights, oh no, molesting girls, and generally making nuisances of themselves. Oh, get rid of all your jacks. Throw your jacks out. Uh, for what it's worth, I feel like the connotation of molesting in the sentence is not like, it's like pushing, like they were just like pushing bothering. People. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but still, please don't. No, still, get rid of your jacks. Um, see, you see, this is what's interesting about my relationship to Jenny Owen Young's is she mocks me for asking questions and makes fun of me and then spends a goddamn hour being fascinated by the results of my questions. Yeah, and? I think we'd both be jokers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No queens in the deck. I'm. I, this is the first time I even heard that. So I'm, my interest is really fucking peaked about that shit. Where are the queens? Um, What else? Okay, so Travis and Nat basically split at this point. And as they split, Nat finds Ben in the woods and uh, Travis goes fishing or like goes to check the fishing nets. Ben is at the stream. Travis goes to the lake. Water. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. Ben is so hot. Ben is a hot man. Uh, Nat and Coach have a little heart to heart. Dumped by Misty Quigley, (laughs) Nat says. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, And then she's like, yeah, Misty wasn't your type because... You're into dudes, and the co- and coach is like, "What? Hoops? What is a man? Where? What?" And uh, Nat's like, "Hey, whoa, hey, no, it's totally cool. I just like no, I just happen to notice that you never look at our boobs. The absolute lowest possible bar mm-hmm. uh, for for gaydar, I guess." But she's right. He has a boyfriend named Paul who's a writer who wanted Coach Ben to come and live with him to like take things to the next level. <sighs> I bet you Paul's really hot too, you know? I Just bet. Two hot boys being hot I together. bet they're a handsome couple. I also love Nat's outfit in this scene. She's like wearing shorts and a t-shirt with combat boots. And I'm like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is the style I aspire toward. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, meanwhile, over at the other body of water, uh, Jackie is just sitting, staring, because that's what Jackie does best. Bless you, sweet Jackie. <laughs> with her great big eyes. <laughs> her great big eyes. Um, and she's chatting with Travis. She's like, why aren't you with Nat? Something happened. You know, Travis is like, I think I fucked up. And Jackie truly doesn't mean to do anything because nobody knows the Bobby Farley of it all except for Nat. Uh, Mm -hmm. Says that Nat's standards are pretty low. What the fuck, Jackie? Uh, You're basically Brad Pitt compared to that Bobby guy. And then you hear a record scratch as Travis is like, (laughs) say who now? Say what now? Chekhov's Bobby Farley? (laughs) 
so Travis is uh, yes. And Jackie should have stayed at the fucking lake. Why are you walking back to the house when you know shit's about to go down, Jackie? Jackie's a little meddler. She does not want to miss any excitement. <laughs> She's like peeping those big eyes from behind the bushes. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so uh, Travis is really mad. And like, I... Mm, I mean, like, okay. It just feels like this is, I understand this behavior from high school students or, I mean, honestly, even adults, except for they have almost died. They're in the woods. They've been in the wilderness stranded forever. Like, it just feels like. Yeah, this does not hold up. Travis's response to Bobby Farley is not going to be this at this point. And I understand he is a teen boy. He feels really embarrassed about his inability to concentrate and uh you know he's he's just feeling a lot of things but it just feels this exchange like nat is like i made a mistake okay she really explains that like we all we're all almost dead it just didn't seem important to to fucking tell you about Mm -hmm. bobby fucking farley and he's like yeah well apparently i also made a mistake What the fuck, man? Travis, come on. Take a walk. Walk it off, pal. Walk it off. Yeah, but you know, two wrongs don't make a right. And here's a second wrong for you, Kristen. Okay. Here is a second wrong for you. Uh, Natalie going into Natalie is wounded mode and uh, really just like digging her claws into anything within reach is like, Good thing you couldn't get it up. Good thing you lost your concentration. Uh, because this like would be worse if we had fucked. She's like, I'm gonna burn this fucker to the ground. Yeah, and I guess this is like this this does sort of underline Thaisa adult Thaisa's uh, accusation or declaration or whatever of the fact that Travis and Nat had a toxic relationship. I mean they do a lot of things right, I think, that we've seen so far. But also if they're both the kind of people who lash out and get really mean when they're hurt, that's a bad that's a bad combo. You can have one of those in a duo and then you need the other person not to do that. Like it's it's I yeah. think too if you have both both folks in a partnership that do that, that can get very toxic and bad. So yeah, maybe that yeah, we're yeah. seeing the beginnings of of that all. Um and then fucking here comes Jackie. <laughs> and Jackie just standing near the cabin, just- <laughs> uh, looking at the cabin, but quickly looking away. When that comes no. up. Oh, so she gets uh, a good fuck you, Jackie, from Natalie, who puts two and two together here and realizes that Jackie's the one that told him about Bobby. All right, Jenny, where to next? Where to next? We're, you know, you can tell that we're doing everything we can to avoid the 96 uh, plane of it all. But we're yeah. going to have to get there. Uh, there's only one thing to really talk about in 1996 besides that, mm-hmm. uh, which is that prelude to a slumber party. The prelude is a whole other slumber party. <laughs> 25 years ago, uh, Ty and Shauna are having a little attic slumber party after... Van has been stitched up and stuff, and Ty is like, oh, God, I let the fire die down. I woke up in a tree. I'm scared of what I'll do if I fall asleep. And Shauna's like, I'll stay awake. 
and make sure you don't do anything. And then they spoon and it's very sweet. Their friendship is really sweet. She also says, I'm the reason she went, talking about Van and the reason she got hurt. This is really rough. Uh, now, a proposition for you, Jenny. We could go to the plane or we could go, we could skip, we could skip a rock over to the 2021 Thaisa and Shauna and talk about this parallel and save the flight of our bumblebee until the end. Sure, let's do it. We're Putting keeping, off the inevitable. I love it. Keeping Laura Lee alive for as long as possible. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I'm skipping down here in our little notes document to Shauna and Ty because, and they do, the, the episode intercuts these scenes in a way that's really beautiful. And I've already been there with Shauna and Ty and their relationship. You know, Thaisa in 96 is the only one who knows before this episode and before Jackie found out last episode that um, Shauna is pregnant. Uh, they really have like a whole little thing happening. We saw them at the diner in 2021. And mm-hmm. now Thaisa goes over to Shauna's house. Jeff, <laughs> fucking Jeff, man. A celebrity is in our midst. <laughs> oh my God, he's such a dad. <laughs> he's so cute. I like, I'm fa- I was already really a big Jeff fan, but I'm like, Fully falling in love with Jeff in this watch. I love him so much. He's a sweetie. Also, when Shauna sees that it's Thaisa at the door, she's like, what a nice surprise after 20 years time. (laughs) (laughs) It's possible that I don't like watching any other actress do lying like I like Melanie Linsky yeah, doing, yeah, doing yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of her greatest powers. Oh my fucking god, she's so fucking funny. Uh, so yes. they go for a little walk yes. together, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Tysa's like, "I'm sleepwalking again. I'm having trouble with Simone. Biscuit is missing. I'm so scared. I'm fucking up my kids. Sammy seen me eating dirt. Thinks it's like a different version of me and calls it the bad one. Does she say she doesn't say Sammy has seen me eating dirt?" Uh, she said, no, I mean, no, no, sorry. You know, she, it's, she cool. says, we can extrapolate. Sorry, she says, she says Sa- Sammy's seen me do it. <laughs> right. And calls that version the bad one. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, clearly Thaisa saw the dirt between her teeth. So like may- maybe she knows that Sammy has also seen her do that. But like, at least as far as far yeah. as we can know, Sammy has, she thinks Sammy has seen her sleepwalking and like standing yeah. in the tree. Yeah, I think uh. I just took some liberties with my notes here by accident. Uh, she also says, I don't know how bad it's going to get, but you know how bad it can get. Oh, really? How bad can it get? How how bad can it get? Yeah, and there's another little nugget of this when she talks to Simone, where she like goes to say, she says, I'm scared because the last time I, I think I might have yep. been the one who let Biscuit out, right? And it's like, what? So what? Because, I mean, I guess we could believe that she's referring to the fact that the first time she sleepwalked, her then girlfriend got mauled by wolves. But it doesn't see it like that's bad. no, it seems but like it's something worse. Right. Especially because with Simone, she says, I think I may hurt you, you know? Yeah. Like, because yeah. that's with with Van. It's like. She wasn't actively hurting Van, at least to the memories yeah. we've seen, at least to the things we've seen. She wasn't hurting Van. Her her not being there wound up, you know, ca- like causing or 
allowing for Van to get hurt. But yeah, it does seem like they're dropping some little hints here that Thaisa's sleepwalking is going to take a more violent direction uh, that we have not yet seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Shauna tells her to sleep over because they're so fucking cute and they get into Callie, Callie's bed. Callie is never at, at her, in her own bed. She's just never there. She's wherever. She's never, ever, ever, ever. She doesn't even, who hung that keep <gasps> calm and marry Harry? Because I don't feel like it was Callie for two reasons. It doesn't seem a character. And also I've never seen her in this room. I 100% agree. It is the most out of character thing in this room. So I guess Shauna just hung it up for Callie. (laughs) Um, And also, like, I should have, I really should have zoomed in on that poster because I think, I think it doesn't even say keep calm and marry Harry. I think it says, like, keep calm, you can still marry Harry. Like, the other, like, the other one got married. What's the other one's name? The other one? Yeah, isn't it Prince Prince Harry and... Oh, oh, I thought this was about Harry Styles. I don't think... Oh, right, I guess it is 2021. I guess it could be Harry Styles. No, no, but it does say... I do, when just you Google feels... Keep Calm, you can still marry Harry. That is very much a poster <laughs> uh, that is associated with pictures of Harry's little face. Yeah, yeah, because the other, so what's the other, what's his name, Harry and? William. William. So it's probably like, because Prince William is married off, but don't worry, you can still marry Harry. Makes no sense. Callie would, in not in one million years, have this poster. Wait, but now I'm finding Keep Calm and Marry Harry, Harry Styles propaganda. <laughs> oh my God. oh the deep dives that this podcast goes on, like we're talking to you about Prince Harry versus Harry Styles and the fucking origin of the deck of cards. So you didn't see us going either of those places, did you? We're full of surprises, Kristen. Anyway, Harry Styles or Prince Harry, I say absolutely not, Callie, unless we are to believe that Callie decorated her room when she was 12 and, and never updated never it. updated it, which that I could get behind. That I could get behind. Yeah. Um, regardless, Thaisa and Shauna are snuggled up in this bed together, just like they were in 96 in the attic. And um, Sean, they, they start this conversation, right? Shauna is like, do you ever think about like what our lives would have been like if like the plane didn't crash? Shauna goes first and I die because Shauna is so funny. I can't fucking stand it. She's so Melanie Linsky makes Shauna funny is the thing. Like Shauna's lines could be funny, but Melanie Linsky makes them hilarious. Mm -hmm. She says she was going to go to Brown. And then she like tells this whole fantasy about like having this boyfriend in college. She like really loved her. And like he was a writer. But then she'd have to leave him because she needs to study abroad where she would meet Francois from France. (laughs) And so Thaisa is like, so is Francois, like a musician. And with full seriousness, Shauna is like, he was a mime. And Thaisa starts Mm. laughing at her. And she's like, it's a serious art form in France. I love her. (laughs) uh then thaisa gives her spiel about what she would have done and it's just 
everything she actually did. Yeah. Double majoring in history and philosophy, dating a bunch of babes, making first string on the soccer team, graduating first in her class, going to Columbia Law, internship in one of the biggest firms in the city. But none of it felt real. But none of it felt real. I was also thinking this episode about how Shauna has a kid and Thaisa has a kid. But like... there's this is very few children for four adult women if you take if you go across television look at adult women (laughs) how many children will they have usually four women will have an average of higher than two children i'm not saying they should but i'm just saying like i think that this is in keeping with the like fucking trauma of this all like they're Mm. i feel like their life the paths their lives have taken have not have either in Nat's case, like, didn't we hear her saying this in the in the van to them that like <laughs> the the actual the minivan, not the van, the character van, uh, <laughs> that like Natalie, Natalie just showed more the truth of her experience, but Taisa and Shauna felt the same way. They just like hit it. Um, just this idea that like they're either going through the motions or they're not, but regardless of what choices they're making, they're broken. They broke. Buffering, a rewatch adventure, is sponsored by Care Of. Care Of is a health and wellness company that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. All you do to get started is take a short, simple online quiz about your lifestyle and health goals, and Care Of will give you doctor-backed recommendations. Their app helps you track how you're feeling and play back insights about your results over time so you can actually adjust your routine as your needs change. It's very cool. My number one health goal in this and every season is keeping my energy at maximum capacity. (laughs) A lot of little tributaries feed into that larger stream and contribute to your energy level. But a really important one is B vitamins. B for bright, for bubbly, for buoyant, for feeling better. B for buffering. I think the vitamin B is working, Jenny. (laughs) I think so, too. For 50% off your first Care Of subscription order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code REWATCH50. That's 50% off your first Care Of subscription order. Just go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code REWATCH50. Wander with us into a world of magic. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with and reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. We'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. All right, well, one more reveal inside of this shared bed space with Thaisa and Shauna, which is that Shauna decides to tell on a, on a whim Shauna decides to tell Thaisa she's having an affair. Thaisa's like, what? <laughs> Thaisa's so excited. Just like, and yeah. like, yes, get it. And then she's like, with who? And if you say Randy Walsh, I'm going to burn this fucking house down. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh. 
Shauna says his name is Adam. He's an artist. He's very earnest. She kind of gives us some answers to some of the things that we've been struggling with, I think. Uh, I mean, which which I think we've both given voice to. But it's like, you know, Adam can be really forceful and re- like just makes decisions where you're like, seriously, dude, calm down. And it seems to work with Shauna. And she kind of says what we've been theorizing, right? That like he's really earnest um, and like, even though a lot of the times I don't like it, I am also like, mm, but yeah, you know, like, but yeah, I actually think I do need somebody to like obnoxiously just tell me what the fuck to do and how the fuck to be because it's easier and it's sexier and whatever. Has Adam told her how to be? No, but like, I mean, and the ch- he hasn't told her how to be, but, uh, but like he, well, kind of, I mean, the, the last scene that the last thing that we saw in the last episode was Adam waiting outside of the fucking house. Right. That's happened. Has that uh-huh. happened? Okay. So, and, and Adam's waiting outside the house, which is really bold. And Sean is like, what the actual fuck are you doing here? Valid. And so I guess telling her how to be is a little bit extreme, but just the fact that Adam is like, you want this, you like this. And like, this is who you are, you know, like that's what gets mm. her to take him inside her home where her family lives. Um, so he's not telling her like how to be, but he's like making really declarative statements about things that he sees in her, I guess. And that seems to be like something that is turning her on or is just making her feel like she's not stuck or is making her feel alive or, you know, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Thaisa sort of simplifies all of the rambling I just did by saying he makes you feel it. Yeah, and then Taisa goes on to say that Simone doesn't make her feel it. And if someone made me feel it, it wasn't going to be good for anybody. Yeah. Sounds like something we might see right? some of right? sometime in the future. All right. Um, I, like this, I like this concept too, right? That like um, for – because Shauna says like, I think I know exactly what you mean because she's like in – Uh, capital I it right now with Adam that I think like probably all of them because of what they've been through when they're in a space that feels out of control probably have an even higher proclivity than like your standard non-traumatized human to make decisions in a way that can be really harmful um Mm -hmm. on the flip side I think uh Simone I'm fine with like Thaisa being like it's stable and safe and that's what I need what I'm not fine with is that Simone deserves somebody who feels it for Simone. You know, like I think Simone. I, want... I know that your top priority in this podcast is Simone. Simone. I have definitely picked up on that over time. I want the be- I want the best for Simone. Okay, like, I know. really, I know I'm, you do. I need somebody to be desiring Simone, and I'm here in line. So if it gets to ready me, to help, I, I'm hel- I will help. Um, okay. <laughs> Oh, all right. So we talked, I mean, we talked about Thaisa and Simone, uh, which is just that Thaisa tells Simone she has to take Sammy and get out of here because she doesn't trust herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It also gives us, I think we were like wondering about like how aware Thaisa has been. And I I think this episode is the first one that gives us a clear understanding of the fact that Thaisa knew she was sleepwalking in the woods and that that stopped when she got home, and to her knowledge, this is the first time that it has started again. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jenny, where to next? Let's, like, uh, back it up and, and 
zoom beep, out on Shauna. Beep, beep, beep. I... <laughs> so, oh, God, that feeling when your teen daughter finds your lover's ID and money clip on the floor by the sofa. I don't trust this Adam motherfucker. You know what I mean? You think he did this on purpose? I do. I really fucking do. I think that, you, and I only think that because this guy was leaning up on it on his truck outside of this woman's family home. I think this fucker wants to fuck shit up. That's what I think, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't trust him. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> so Callie uh, is like, what the fuck? And uh, Shauna's like, well... It's not like your dad's an innocent victim in all this. And then she like says inventory database in a meaningful way. And then for some reason, I write in my notes, inventory database, more like inventory dating boobs. Why? I don't. What? (laughs) I.e. he's not spending time with the inventory database, Shauna suspects, but rather he's spending time inventorying dating moves. Wow, Jenny. Was it any better the second time? Yeah, it was because you committed. To, if you hadn't committed to it so hard, I think it would have fallen flat, but you really committed uh-huh. and it, it helped sell it. Um, yeah, I do like, so this is, I really, I mean, I know that Shauna and Callie have a very fucked up relationship. Okay, I acknowledge this, but I really like their, I like the portrayal of their fucked up relationship. I really like the way that they talk to each other. Um, I don't, I can't think of any other like mother daughter duo on TV where I've seen this kind of dynamic played so, it just feels so real the way that that they talk to each other. I don't know. Mm. Uh, But what I like, the one thing that I like about what Shauna says, this is kind of an impossible situation for both of them, but I do like that Shauna's like, listen, you were judging me like two weeks ago because I was turning a blind eye at like whatever was going on with dad. And now you're judging me for like doing this. And it's like, well, the third option is to like have a healthy conversation with your partner about like, you know, what's going on. (laughs) No, 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 no. <laughs> but okay, okay. Um, but um, I at least like that she takes Callie to task for like, you can't judge me for like this and that. Like, which which one is it? I think Callie can judge her for both. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. Callie's got a great point though. Adam isn't on the internet. Everything is on the internet except your boyfriend, mm-hmm. mom. Isn't that interesting? doesn't seem quite right no i'm telling you i don't trust this mother fucker i don't trust him um clearly the show doesn't want me to trust him i'm not saying anything revolutionary oh shauna doubles down with callie but like doesn't actually double down in reality because with Callie she's like he wants me Callie okay like I know that's fucking hard for you to understand I don't expect you to but he wants me this is not about being a yellow jacket because Callie is like justifiably concerned that her mom is being fucking played here um and then as soon as Callie's gone Shauna scoots right up to that computer and is like but maybe he doesn't want me fuck and does a little research uh, she calls Pratt 
This is Sandra Norberg. Shauna, write down a few facts before you pick up the phone. Just like pick a name before you call, girl. Uh, Pratt doesn't have any. She finds each word as she goes. I'm calling from the Yukon. (laughs) Girl, just write a script. Yeah, like, but it's this is what I mean. This is like Melanie Linsky's superpower. (laughs) Uh, Uh, It turns out Pratt doesn't have any record of Adam Martin, and uh, as as she is continuing to Google about. Jeff comes in and Shauna close, hurriedly closes her web browser window with a buh. Hilariously, she like closes it and there's a spreadsheet behind it. There's like an inventory <laughs> database like right behind that. So, nice. Yeah. Um, okay. And this is the moment where for one beautiful shining minute, I am not Van, but I am Jeff because he has brought a present and as she opens it, he's like This is, he took notes from me. This is me. So it turns out he got her a little dress because their class reunion is tomorrow. Kristen, there will be pay dirt. Their class reunion is tomorrow. I can't believe this is the first we're hearing of it. They really sprung this on us. You know what I mean? I feel yeah, unprepared. Yeah. Yep. Um, One of the Shana, great surprises of the show. Shauna just like, I just really wish that she could have just reached down into herself and found a way to give Jeff a little more appreciation here. Yes. Though Labrador Retriever Jeff is absolutely undeterred. You don't like the dress? It's fine. You're going to look great anyway. <laughs> do, do, do. And he dances like basically yeah. out of the room. He's fine. He is unflappable. Oh, God. This is the section of my notes where I've, ha- I've given it the header no to Pratt, yes to glitter, because then we get way more comp. Things start to get way more complicated. <sighs> Yeah. Uh, Shauna goes by Adam's little artist apartment. Look at him in his boxer briefs. Look at that. I can't enjoy it. I don't trust him. And more for me. She starts grilling him about Pratt. And he's like, I see what's going on here. The thing is, I lied to impress you. My girlfriend, Lauren, went there. And I spent so much time with her and her friends that it felt like I went there. Uh, and then Sean is like, that don't impress me much. She is like that. And then she starts doing a little personal history quiz. And he is either telling the truth or a much better liar than Shauna. Either way, this, I feel like this gets a passing grade because Shauna's like, well, he's not, uh, buffoonering about like a total ding dong so he must be telling the truth i mean the d he's either right he's either like an absolute psychopath liar or he's not lying because like a detail like your brother is a colorectal surgeon and he has a book in his house that's just titled anus that's like a master class in lying if that shit's a lie that's like that's unbelievable um yeah but he also says um i I know where I could tell you more about myself. Why don't we go to a cabin in the Poconos, a.k.a. a cabin in the woods, which seems 
I don't like any. I don't like any kind of a relationship that is brand new where one person invites the other person to a cabin in the woods. But really, I don't like it when that person has spent a lot of time in their teenage years, nearly mm. dying in a cabin in the woods. I don't mm. like this one bit. So he's like, just pack a bag and get out here. The next time we see Shauna, she's sitting on the end of the bed, staring into the middle distance and then is like, fuck it. And she goes to pack a bag. But while she's in the closet about to pack a bag, what does she discover, Kristen? Why it's glitter on the floor. Glitter on the floor. For the first time, I think in this show, we get like a few like chick, chick, chick flashbacks, which I feel like. Doesn't just seem... don't feel necessary. Does not. We're, all, we remember. we're all watching very closely, actually. This, <laughs> we remember this, the I feel like this insults my intelligence. Yeah, but we do at least get to hear the line where I guess we're just looking for an asshole covered in glitter, which is one of my favorites. So <laughs> true. True. Yes. Uh, uh, so then she opens the safe where she, keeps she takes a little peek her in Heinz her journal safe diaries and they are not fucking there that is one empty safe what else does she keep in there (sighs) just the journals jenny Mm. just the journals and they're all fucking gone so she fucking whips herself back to this i love that adam lives in like an artist's loft marked notably by the way that like television shows have noted artist loft since the dawn of time which is one giant metal like garage door that slides to the slot like that slides the side to open um and he opens the door and she says who the fuck are you Mm -hmm. and maybe the editors are trying to play trickster with us but a choice has been made to give us adam's response which is not confusion. He does not look confused or surprised. He looks concerned, I would say. Well, how would you assess this look on Adam's face? Uh, yeah, definitely not surprise. Possibly concern. I mean, but this concern could be I've been found out or it also could be Ah, uh, yes. The woman I've been having an affair with who maybe has uh, indicated that she might not be at the peak of her decision-making capabilities has come by to yell in my face. I am not surprised. I am concerned. All right. Well, I think I think the editors leaned a little harder on the first option for mm, us. Okay. Or the directors okay. or all of them. Oh, my God. Are you ready to fucking talk? That's where we end with these two. Are you ready to talk about goddamn Caligula? I truly am. This is really Caligula's shining episode. (laughs) Caligula (laughs) has more lines in this episode than any other episode, okay? Mm, Caligula mm -hmm. on the fucking TV squawking. Misty's like, Caligula, you're being rude. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. Uh... (laughs) There's a phone ringing somewhere, and Jessica's like, your phone's ringing, and Misty says, no, it's not. It's a live feed to my friend's hotel room, so it's her phone that's ringing, and Jessica's like, oh, of course it is. Her delivery of right, naturally, is, like, unbelievable. I'm in love with Jessica. What a character. She's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. This actress rules. 
But uh, uh-oh. uh-oh, what does Misty spy on her Nat cam? But Nat holding up some cocaine to the camera and being like, ha cha cha. And Misty's like, no, oh, no, 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 no. As she runs up the stairs. The, the Christina Ricci's fucking delivery of those no's that we get again in the hotel room are un, un, unbelievable. All right, so now you have a decision to make, Jenny. Are we going directly to cocaine and then back to Caligula Act 2? Or are we going to Caligula yeah. Act 2 and then to cocaine? We're going to cocaine first. Let's, oh, let's keep it uh, chronological. Cocaine town. Cocaine town. My favorite Natalie scene ever. is stoked. She is about to enjoy her favorite thing. She's got it all lined up very neatly. She's been looking forward to this moment when, oh no, Misty bursts in, runs over, and snorts it all up. (laughs) I have never in my life, when I watched this, I still laugh. I will always laugh at this scene. But when I watched this in real time, I was legitimately screaming laughing. Like I could not get and I missed some of the finer details like for example fucking Nat's feet flying in the air as she goes Misty (laughs) (laughs) she falls down and then also like Misty like snorts as much as she can get in her face but there's still some left on the dish and so she's just like fluttering her hands like scattering it about all over it's Uh uh-huh oh my god it's so fucking funny when she does her little uh, let me make this Coke unsnortable business, uh, Misty inadvertently like creates a cloud of cocaine powder, dust, whatever. Because she rips the bag. It's like the rest right, of right, it right, she right, rips. Right. And she's like, don't breathe that. She's covering Nat's face with her hands as a cloud of cocaine dr- falls around them. Natalie is <laughs> Natalie is like, Misty, you just wasted, I don't even know, $300 worth of cocaine. And Misty's like, I'll Venmo you. <laughs> a, I will Venmo you. <laughs> B, I couldn't just watch you do a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> Watch me. Uh oh. What do you mean? Come on, Nat. How have you not checked out that fucking owl gift by now? You know Misty Quigley. Come on. Yeah. Uh, She breaks apart that owl oil diffuser so fast and discovers the hidden camera within and is so mad. And Misty, not incorrectly, is like, I'm actually the best friend you have right now. And that's not much of a competition. Is it while she's taking her pulse? Like she's like having this conversation while she's like 47, 48, 49. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Actively checking on her coked up health status. Um, I think it's important to note something that we missed from earlier, which we've kind of said in describing the scene that Misty says, I am trying to protect you, which goes hand in hand, Jenny, with what you were saying about how she's the best friend that Nat has right now. <laughs> This is complicated because Misty is doing things that are very inappropriate, um, but it's also hilarious. Um, Misty, 
Misty's like, I hope that was cocaine. I hope it wasn't fucking heroin or bath salts or fentanyl because then I'll be dead in a few minutes. But I was willing to take that risk for you. And then she like huffs as she walks out the door to maybe her death. <laughs> she doesn't care. Uh, she also tells Nat about Travis's bank account being oh yeah emptied right it happens so quick it's like misty like screams it at nat and nat's like how can i trust you i'm like it's like so quick but clearly because of what nat does after this she does believe misty yes uh what does she do after this well she puts on a little face mask she puts on a little nighttime face mask for ladies oh my fucking god in her robes she gets on the phone and she does a bunch of stuff that you love. I know that you love this. Oh, my God. I do. I mean, like, this would be a, one of my favorite scenes if I wasn't so tuckered out from, like, hysterically laughing forever at the scene that just happened before this one. She's on <laughs> she's on the phone with, like, the bank. And they're, of course, not giving her any information on Travis's fucking bank account because she's uh-huh. not related to him in any way, shape, or form, nor does she have any pertinent information. And she's, like, asking to speak to a manager. And she, like... Asks like one or two times and then she basically tears the phone out of the like cord that it's in, throws it, throws the T. Does she throw the TV? There's like stuff on the counter that she throws. Then she throws, she throws a chair as she screams, talk to your manager. Do you believe in love? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The way that she, the way that Juliette Lewis is flinging her limbs it's they move in such a way that they can't possibly still be attached to her body, and yet they are. Oh my god! And she like she finds like a dirty motel carpet pile of cocaine on the floor, b- b- and is like so excited. And one of my favorite Juliet Lewis moments, honestly, is when she finds this cocaine and she's like pushing it up into a little pile all by herself, and <laughs> she goes, "Why, yes, it is." <laughs> <laughs> I die. and there's yeah, like one good. dot of mask like missing on her nose from like where she's probably like smudged it against something she threw across the room it is mm-hmm. oh it's good it's good meanwhile across town oh my god oh misty fuck. comes home to her basement dungeon and <sighs> has, discovers that jessica has captured caligula and is threatening to end his life This is so dramatic. This is, you couldn't, there is no other way to get Misty to have an emotional response except via Caligula. That is the only (laughs) way to manipulate Misty Quigley and Jessica has Mm -hmm. seized upon it. And Misty, to her credit, she makes it like half of one second. She's like, whatever, I'll get a new one. And she's struggling and she like barely gets that out. And then she like screams this like blood curdling scream and throws shit at Jessica who releases Caligula accidentally, but still. Yep. A little CGI Caligula goes flapping up the basement steps. And Misty's like sob. She's like, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean any of it. <laughs> my poor little boy. Oh god. And then like this is like re- they this show does like the of Misty really well because like this she's just snorted like 40 pounds of cocaine. She's run back home. <laughs> $300 worth, Kristen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that in today's market $300 will buy you 400 pounds of cocaine. Email me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um 
<laughs> she's just seen her most beloved son nearly smooshed to death by her hostage. And then after all of this, she just looks at Jessica and it's like, oh, Jessica actually is like, you look like hell. Are you okay? And Misty's like, are you hungry? I'm hungry. I'm going to make us some dinner. And it's like, what a mess. Guys, everybody, somebody help this basement. It is is an unsafe place for all. Oof. Oof. Oh, my God. Okay, well, the one thing in the... um, in the cocaine of it all, cocaine bank plotline of it all that we didn't talk about is old Susie Q, old Cookie Monster Suze from the AA meeting. The, sorry, the NA wow. meeting, not AA. Uh, That's right. It's Natalie's old sponsor, Suze. I won't assault uh, you again, says Nat to Suze. <laughs> Yeah, that feeling when you see your sponsor for the first time, your old sponsor for the first time in 10 years, and her response is, oh, Jesus Christ, not you. <laughs> uh, well, 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 if if it isn't that Susie recently got promoted at the bank in the in the Yellow Jackets universe, there is but one bank in all of New Jersey. One bank. That's right. It's called the Bank of New Jersey. <laughs> They give you a slice of pizza when you make any transaction. <laughs> <laughs> so Natalie starts spinning a yarn about how she just got out of rehab and she like really needs to talk to Susie because nobody understands like Susie does. And she's like, fine, I will go to a cafe with you and eat the cookies that I have taken from this N.A. meeting and wrapped in a napkin and put in my purse. <sighs> so they're at the coffee shop. And Suze, to her credit, recognizes that Nat is maybe for the first time telling the truth. She tells her the whole deal. You remember Trav? You remember that guy? She's like Trevor. <laughs> no, no Travis. Um, and she basically is like Suze. I really need you because I know that Trav. I know that Travis did not kill himself. And this is where we learn, right? We have not heard this before. That they made a pact to each other. They promised mm-hmm. each other that neither of them would ever do this. And Nat says, like, while I know that my word is shit, I'm a huge fucking liar. Travis always keeps his word. And I know that he did not kill himself. Mm-hmm. So she tells Suze that about the account getting closed after he died. And she's like, I, I can't. I can't get involved i can't give you uh, customer information uh, i could lose my job and natalie's like well 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 i guess i'll just have to call the bank and tell them about how we used to feed our habits by selling your customers personal info to identity thieves oh my god i bet I bet they'd be really interested or maybe they'd just be very impressed with your personal growth. <laughs> so Suze is like, I wish I'd never fucking met you. So I think that's all. Oh, right. Except the one thing that we've been putting the off one, talking about. The titular bumblebee, our titular bumblebee. So let's go back to 96. Um so this actor, Jane, who plays Laura Lee, was supposed to originally have one line in the pilot. But then they were so good, agree, 
Um, <laughs> this is a quote from Melanie Linsky, uh, who says, I don't know if this is public knowledge because these ladies love to fucking talk about shit that they don't know if it's public knowledge or not. <laughs> but they were not supposed to make it. Jane was not supposed to make it past the plane crash, but they were uh-huh. so impressive at the table read at the pilot that then they were brought along. So Laura Lee was supposed to be a one and done. And um, thank God that she is not because Laura Lee is one of the best characters. All hail. Okay. I will say that if you're looking for a sign from God <laughs> about whether you should fly an old decrepit plane... <laughs> And um, you, what you're willing to take for a sign is that you are in the middle of the woods <laughs> full of wildlife and a small bird flaps down and lands on your porch and then flies away again. That that's enough for you? I think you might want to just like look a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to agree with you there, Jenny. Um, I'm not necessarily sure that this should have been the convincing sign, but it is. Uh, and... So Laura Lee fucking bangs on some pots and pans inside this house. <laughs> She's like, wake I've up, motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, so she says, I'm going to fly this plane because clearly Van needs medical attention. This is where Jackie has her fucking moment. Yeah. Jackie's like, Van's not the only one. Tell them, Shauna. And Shauna's like, I'm she really forces Shauna's hand. It's really not cool. Meanwhile, like Coach's leg is like, am I even am here? I, am I an injury? Do I count? Um, yeah. Misty immediately just like poking Shauna's abdomen. Shauna is like, not right now, Misty. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. Coach Ben finally is saying no to something. Absolutely fucking not, Laura Lee. You are not flying this fucking plane. And Laura Laura Lee says there is no safe anymore, Coach. It's going to be winter soon. We're all going to fucking starve. Oh, I'm not going to let you do it. He says, she says... What are you going to do to stop me, coach? All the Yellow Jackets' heads swivel. They're like, oh, shit. (laughs) Uh, Lee is like, I read the manual and the gas tank is full. I don't believe that at bare minimum, Ben doesn't know that gasoline goes bad. Me either. Also, like, I would love to hear from somebody who knows more about gasoline because I got a lawnmower that was full of gasoline that was like a year old and the gas and the lawnmower just won't start. Like, it just won't start. And it's like, just empty the gasoline from your lawnmower and refill it. So clearly I've not used the lawnmower because that's where I draw sure, the line. Sure. I'm not emptying gasoline out of the fucking... Sure. Like, Come on. What do I look like? To, into what? Into what? What am I supposed to do here? Call Jenny Owen Young's over to fucking siphon some gasoline out of my <laughs> Please, my God, no. I've already <laughs> killed enough brain cells. Um, also, I'm looking around at this room of sleeping teens thinking, they sure are lucky that skeleton buddy, one man alone in the woods, happened to have like 30 blankets. Yeah. Were there no, maybe there were some blankets on the plane? There but, is a wide variety. There's like a Pendleton blanket oh I God. saw in there. There's all kinds of stuff. Skeleton buddy fucking staying at the standard, keeping his blanket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so I don't think this plane would have, I don't think this plane would have started, but I would love some, um, actual knowledge from somebody who mm. is like a mechanic or a fucking plane mechanic, any kind of mechanic will do really. We'll take any of y'all. Um, uh, but it does. I just like, does expired gasoline make your plane take off and then explode? Is that a thing? I, that doesn't feel like what expired gasoline would do, but does maybe. expired gasoline let your plane take off and then set a teddy bear on fire? Leonard. R.I.P. Leonard. Uh, my notes that I just looked down at are Jackie being a bitch. Ben chopping down a tree on one fucking leg. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, Ben. Hell yeah, Ben. Ben is so hot in this episode. They clean that plane off. They clear that runway. Sure. What you totally I guess not? we I mean the plane I don't believe the the runway I'm not sure about because I don't I don't know if we did you notice if there's like anything that says we're in a short span of time here or like you know what I mean like it could it doesn't have to be like that they did it all in one day does it are they all in the same clothes I don't actually know it's like how long has that plane been there was there already a runway? Like, did it land on an existing runway? It looked but like how many years ago was that? Was, and like, was there yeah. really no significant growth in that time? Well, this this plane got here because there was this guy who was um he had a bunch of uh, Virgin Mary statues actually, and they were like full. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, and then he crashed, and but his brother is there now with Michelle Rodriguez and. <laughs> Uh, yes. Hail Mary, full of heroin. Um, Hallowed be thy name. So, so. Our bumblebee <laughs> she gets, gets on the plane. On the she plane. Gets on the, the plane. She puts Leonard in the seat next to her. I say she puts Leonard in the seat next to her. Fuck this show. <laughs> yeah. How dare they? A teddy bear? Come on. Why are you doing this? Oh, oh my God. The plane starts moving forward, and I'm sure that you could get a different emotional response looking at each character's faces, but I can only take in so much at one time. And this watch, I got Travis's face. Travis is terrified. Travis is like, oh, shit. Like, I think Travis <laughs> just thought, like, well, I'll go along with it because the plane's not going to go anywhere. Right, So right. I feel like he was part of the camp that was like, wait, 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 I wouldn't have agreed to this if I thought this fucking thing was going to get into the air. Fuck. Yeah. Oof. Laura Lee inside the plane to Leonard. We need to get to 55 before we take off, like back to the future. No. Fuck these writers. No. Fuck them so much. No. Uh, also, they did so much work on like the plane and the runway. Could they have cleaned this fucking the plane window? The windshield. Filthy, no. as God intended. You can't see out of it at all. No. No, no, no. Oh, so, so our little bumblebee looks down and Leonard is, first she's like, we're doing it. We're going to save them all. Ugh, and that's how you know they're about to hurt you. Yeah. And Leonard, Leonard gets set on fire first. Poor Leonard. Jackie sees the smoke first on land. The plane explodes. Blows up. And Lottie is once again up to her butt in the lake. Looking amazing. Her outfit is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Lottie's fashion is just, it knows no bounds. 
Uh, uh, she's like fully just taking pieces that everyone else is doing wrong, but she's doing them right. You know, like she's just repurposing. <laughs> she's repurposing with purpose. I have a question. Yeah. For our aviationally inclined listeners. Mm-hmm. Do planes come with instruction manuals? <laughs> is that a thing? Probably. Would there be a little plane instruction manual in the glove box of this I plane? I believe it. I mean, our cars come with instruction manuals. I want to hear it from the experts, Kristen. Fine. Well, I've been studying my plane manual manual. Oh. <laughs> and it see. says... <gasps> Um, the only thing that I have left to say about this episode slash this scene is that the responses of the girls are incredible from the beach. The way it's shot is really incredible. The scream jump, Jackie gets the primary response, right? Like she's the one whose face we're on for the immediate explosion. And she is in the scream jump. I'm like, did they actually scare her? I know that they're actors. I know they're supposed to be capable of this, but it just feels so good that I'm like, what was the technique used here to get this fucking scream jump? It's, is it just (laughs) acting? I don't know. Um, but it's, it's really, it's really good. It's really good. And it's really sad. And I'm very upset because, you know, with Van, they tricked us. We definitely really all did think that Van had died at the end of um, the last episode. But there's room, you know, with Laura Lee, there's nothing. You know that she's gone. Uh, there's no, there's no salvaging Laura Lee unless, unless she comes back as like the ghost of Laura Lee and speaks to folks in that in that form there is no more Loralee. RIP. RIP. Loralee, we loved you. You were the best of us. Yes, truly. You were the bumblebee amongst a bunch of yellow jackets. <laughs> well, Kristen, the time has come for me to ask you a very important question. I'm ready. Two, I thought. Just one today. The New Jersey segment came and went just like that one episode. Only when there are contenders, Kristen. Okay. Fine. The most Content the most New Jersey thing is form. us us crafting a bank called the Bank of New Jersey that gives you a slice of pizza with every transaction. Yes, exa- exactly. I didn't find this episode to be super heavy on things that felt particularly 90s. Mm-hmm. So here's what I have to offer you. What's the most 90s thing? Mm-hmm. Is it teen Natalie's plaid Hot Topic pants? Mm. Is it Laura Lee's low-slung mini backpack? Shit. Is it... Or is it Coach not wanting anyone to find out he's gay? I'm going to go option C, coach not wanting anyone to find out that he is very gay. I do gay for a living. I am aware that there are still many people who do not want folks to know that they are gay and that there were folks in the year, many years preceding the 90s who also. But this is 90s shit right here because the 90s was a pivotal time when folks were talking about being gay way more than they had been before and other folks were panicked. I pick gay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yes. I love when Jenny agrees with my pick. <laughs> All right. Time for a, I think, pretty tiny What's the Buzz? What's the buzz? 
Okay, so I have a few items. Great. Uh, just want to note that previously, Kristen, you had been like, oh, Callie really looks at Adam when they're in the club. Now she's also seen his ID. So yeah. she's seen his full name, potentially. Mm-hmm. She's, she's seen his Googled picture him. Again. She's Googled him. She's like, he's not on the internet. Of... Yeah. Yeah. Um, a thought I had is Adam with the wellness cult, the pajama people. Right? That's a great thought, Jenny, because Adam is something. There is no way that this man is not up to no good, you know? And that just feels weird. Did you end the series? Because, like, I I ended the series being like, oh, I guess Adam wasn't... Like, my first gut was, like, they killed him, so I guess that was just a misdirect. And then, and it's only since that I've been like, no, actually. Were you always a no, actually? Or did you also think, like, oh, they, they just misdirected us? I don't know. I don't know what to do with this man. The other thing is that his last name is Martin. Did we already talk about this in a previous? I, I can't tell you because you've told me so many times that like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know anymore. His last name is Martin. Uh, Javi and Travis's last name is Martinez. Uh, is there something? <laughs> is there something? Is there something? I mean, there's something with Adam. I like the theory that he's cult adjacent um, because... It gives him a way to be because I don't want him to be ultimately he's something. He's not just some guy who happened to fucking mess around with Shauna. So I think the only other alternative. Well, the only other two alternatives are that there's some other whole thing that we haven't learned about yet, which I would prefer not because I like what's on the Mm -hmm. table now. Or he is just a guy who's obsessed with the yellow jackets and was like stalking her in that vain which seems Mm. weak so i'm hoping that you're right with your cult guesses um what do you got i guess we'll see um i well so based on like paying way more attention to thaisa in this watch um i think it's very clear and this is not necessarily like a shocker that she has no idea what has happened to biscuit right like she definitely doesn't know that Biscuit's head is in the basement. It, it can't be. No. So no, she doesn't and, know what's going on. Right. And maybe everybody else was already there. But I just want to say that because, like, you know, there's so much to follow in this show that when you watch it, like, for the first time, you're like, wait, does Thaisa? What, what is happening with Thaisa? Is she sacrificing for the cult? Like, what's going on? Um, and my other question is, why are... So we know that Jeff is the blackmailer. So... Why are Shauna's journals not in the safe? Like, why would he take her journals out of the safe? That doesn't make any sense. Don't know. Because he just needs the, like, and we learn later, right? Jeff's like, I I read the journals forever ago. Doesn't he say that? So that that leads you to think, like, he's only getting the journal out to do a little carbon copy, a little, like, a little, what do you call it when you, like, lay tracing paper over something? What? A rubbing? A rubbing, yes, a rubbing of uh, Triangle Buddy so that he could make his, you know, possible postcards, though we don't know if those are from Jeff, and definitely his text message emoji. Um, It just feels like Shauna's out of the house with plenty of time for him to do that and, like, get what he needs to get out of the journals and then put them back in the safe. Yeah, I don't know. Could she be hallucinating an empty safe? 
that's where this show really gets fucked is it's like what is it gonna do one of those things where like 20 percent of what we saw in season one was actually just really fucked up girls (laughs) who we were seeing through their eyes and we trusted that pov but actually we should never have trusted it because they're all really fucked up that would be um, wrong of them if they did that. Yeah. And that's all I have. I put the queens in what's the buzz just in case you had any more thoughts here. But I I, I don't. I don't know. Feels like it's going to mean something at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So many little so many little Easter eggs in this show. I love it. Delicious. Love an Easter <laughs> egg. Especially when they're chocolate. Okay. Well, Jenny. Well, here we are. Just two girls from New York and New Jersey who've lived through the 90s, who did not survive a plane crash, at least at this point in time. and uh, Vocalizing eerily. Vocalizing eerily. I hope somebody puts out an album of all of our eerily vocalizing. <laughs> I look to you. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.